Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hey, it's Virginia. Uh, I'm so excited to be talking to my friend and editor, David Highfill, who is a vice president and executive editor at William Morrow. He's been with the company for about 15 years. And David's such a great guy and a great editor. And I just thought it'd be really fun to sit and talk about some books that he's working on. So hi, David. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to talk to the Library Love Fest team. Um, So David, you and I have known each other for years and I... I am such a fan of yours personally and of your books and the authors that uh, you, you edit, the authors who you, you bring to Harper um, are, they're just wonderful and they're beloved by libraries. Wiley Cash, Greg Isles, Tom Franklin, Patricia Cornwell, just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, You really do have such a, a treasure trove of um, just wonderful writers and um, so, you know, you've got, uh, just want to talk about a couple of books that you have coming out, book that came out in June, and then some books that you have coming out in the, uh, in the winter 2021 list. As you know, librarians like a nice big heads up on uh, books that are coming out. And so this is a great opportunity for them to hear from you about some of the books that you're working on. So do you want to talk first about uh, High Treason by Sean McFate? I'd love to. Thanks for having me. Seriously, I mean, this is such a um, a fun part of the job. You know, we do this because we love it. There are other jobs we might have in life or think about, but certainly one like this one, where you're in it because you love it, um, just makes it special. And what's more fun than reading than talking about reading and talking about good books and writers? So this is just a thrill for me. Thanks again for inviting me. So High Treason, Sean McFate. There's several things about Sean and this novel, High Treason, that I think are really special. He's writing an action quasi-military and political thriller. Um, It's the third that he's written for Morrow and that I've worked on. Um, Sean has a really interesting background. He has a military background. Um, so he's worked in, uh, as a mercenary. Um, he worked for the U.S. Uh, Army as a paratrooper, 82nd Airborne, where he met McChrystal and Petraeus. Um, he's also a professor. He wrote a book called The New Rules of War, which is a fascinating nonfiction book about global war. Um, he has degrees from the London School of Economics, and um, he almost went to Juilliard to study the violin, believe it or not. So he's a really interesting, unusual guy. But this is a straight-ahead action thriller um, that feels a little bit like David Baldacci and Brad Thor, um, and it takes place in and around Washington. Um, 
and it's about this hero who is discovering that there is a um, a group hell bent on betraying the government. Um, and it's a big long chase. It's got some great scenes. There are a couple scenes in the middle of the book that are so fiery and exciting. You would think they're big enough and interesting enough to be the end of a book, much less the middle of a book. So, um, this is a, a very pacey, fun, twisty book with a great hero. Um, and there's a woman in this book too, who sort of joins voices, forces with our hero, um, and helps him save the day really smart storytelling. Um, so I love this book. Um, I was, um, thank you. First of all, you you know, you make me want to read everything that you present always. I'm just letting you know that it's so true. Um, there's, um, on, if, if, uh, listeners go to hc.com, they can hear a clip from the audio book. Um, they can also read a little section of the book, but the clip is so cool because it really does set it up very nicely. I, I think, um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to sit and listen to the rest of it. Um, Ooh. yeah, there's a great, um, there's a great quote from James Patterson for this book. He says, uh, McFate just might be the next Tom Clancy. Only I think he's even better. The action is nonstop and shuttles back and forth between scary, believable, and rollicking good fun. I read High Treason during a six-hour plane ride, and the trip went by like the snap of my fingers. <laughs> Hard to get better than that, right? No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's so that's out now. That went on sale in June. Right. right? Yeah. So, uh, and book three now. Would you say that readers need to read book one and book two in order to get into book three, or what's your what's your feeling on that? Um, it's a, it, I would say no. It's a sort of a loose series. It's this uh, following this hero, Tom Locke is his name, mm-hmm. and and no, not necessarily. I mean, it would be interesting if you had, but again, um, it's all explained, so it feels like it stands alone. Okay, good, all right, and now. Uh, your next book, another author who's got uh, a lot of experience under his belt and writes of what he knows, American Trader by Brad Taylor. Brad Taylor is just one of those guys um, I so admire. Um, he just has this incredible background. He's a Delta commander, and I don't know if you know about Delta, but it's one of the more secretive um, arms of the Army, um, the U.S. military. And it's like they're like the Navy SEALs in a way because they are – just the elite of the elite. Um, and he was actually serving, but also a commander. So um, he writes his own books, really smart guy, but he knows of what he talks about. Um, I admired him for years. He wrote 13 books for another publisher. He came to us last year with his first book with us called Hunter Killer. And this is our second book with him. And he's always been a New York Times bestseller, but we grew his sales by almost 30 or 40 percent in hardcover which was just phenomenal so we took him on at the right time and i think he's poised for um just a much much wider readership you know the target is you know to try to get reach that mainstream affection of readers everywhere um like brad thor and vince flynn and tom clancy and i think brad taylor is right on the edge of just a huge huge bust out uh bestseller so um, I'm excited about this new book. This new one it has to do with Taiwan and China. Um, and Pike Logan is the series hero. 
and he is working for a kind of an off the off the books um, White House directed task force and a group of operators, um, and they're in there somewhere between the CIA um, and the U.S. military, but they are doing things that um, that uh, how should we say are just not in the news, so it's really under the radar. Um, and in this case, he is visiting a friend in Australia when this friend really gets in trouble because there is a um, an arms manufacturer um, working on one of the new uh, state-of-the-art jets um, that's being um, programmed and technology being created for it in Australia um, that Taiwan is using. And the, the China is about to mess with that technology such that it confuses everyone and starts a war. Um, and like all of the books, Pike Logan, you know, has the ignition of um, something happening in chapter one, and then he begins to pull on that thread and chase the bad guys, and it becomes this elongated, thrilling, twisty, very, very pacey book that you just, the pages just fly by. Um, his wife, Pike Logan's wife, is a woman named Jennifer, and she's also an operator and always with him in these books. So you have the yin and the yang, the masculine feminine take on problem solving, you know, martial arts fighting, um, strategy and tactics about how they corner the person they're chasing and get them and neutralize them. Um, it's just really smart storytelling moves like a house of fire. If you like these books, they're just, um, delicious. Um, again, I think of Clive Cussler, and James Patterson as being sort of the, the kings of this sort of um, very pacey storytelling um, where you just sort of forget what's happening and just immerse yourself. Uh, Brad does that really well. And if you like a hero with lots of charisma, then Pike Logan is, um, is the guy for you. So try, if you haven't tried one, try one. They're really good. Uh, and God, now more than ever, we need a diversion. Yeah. Um, Booklist uh, says recommend Pike Logan to readers who like their spies tough, smart, and bordering on superhuman. <laughs> I love that. This is so great. Yeah. And uh, it's very exciting that I remember when, when he came into the office um, and it was uh, very exciting that uh, he's under our roof now. So hats off to you, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Now, David Highfill, we have to talk about the Windsor Knot. So, X. Excited. I am too. I am too. This is one of those that um, I'm not talking out of school too much. I, I think here when I say it was a very hard fought auction given to us by a literary agent and everybody in town wanted it and it took us three days to buy it. And we went up and up and up and up. And I said, I'm not going to let this go. I see this series going forever. I see it just getting bigger and bigger. And I think it's unstoppable. It's such a great idea. Um, this is a crime series first in a, in a series that posits that Queen Elizabeth is an amateur sleuth, Queen Elizabeth II. And it just sounds like, Oh, how nuts. That's insane. That couldn't possibly happen. How could it possibly work? It, it's not going to make sense. Well, I'm telling you it does. And it's not a gimmick and it's also not a cozy. It's a very smart, modern novel about a very modern woman. She happens to be 90 years old in this book, but she's an immensely um, astute judge of character. 
And this story is multicultural, multigenerational, even a little feminist, believe it or not. Um, and she is a living, breathing woman who you admire and look up to and think is just enormously clever. Um, I opened this thinking, oh, I, I can, I can dismiss it and say thank you, but no thank you after reading a couple of chapters. I'm just, I wasn't believing this author could pull it off, but I, I got it on a plane to go see my mom and I read half of it on the plane and I got off the plane. And the first thing I said to her was, you won't believe what I just read. And so she's kind of frowning at me and scratching her head. And I'm like, mother, you just, you won't believe how smart this book is. And she says, but, 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 and I'm like, but it's a modern novel. You won't believe, and it's, it's a crime story, but it feels bigger than that. It feels like a real contemporary novel that just so happens to be about a crime in Windsor Castle and this brilliant woman who solves it. Um, one of the questions you're going to have, of course, is she's the queen. She's busy. She has, she has royal duties. She's got a family. How could she possibly be doing any of this? Well, the story is she has several private secretaries who work for her. In this novel, um, it's a Nigerian immigrant woman named Razi Ashodi, and she's a former military officer. And she's the queen's eyes and ears. And she and the queen have conversations. And then Rosie goes off and gets this information and comes back. And they have another conversation. And the queen says, well, I saw this or I think this. So Rosie is really a, a, a part of this. She's a sidekick um, as we think about crime novels. But she's really smart. Very funny. She almost steals the show a couple of times. But she's learning about the queen's circle, about the queen's life and duties and Windsor Castle. Um, and it's a great introduction for the reader to kind of figure out um, how this is possible and how it happens. Um, it reminds me of um, McCall Smith in a lot of ways. You know mm -hmm. that series really well. Um, but again, I just, I smell a hit with this and I smell something that I think is going to sell for a long, long time. Um, and I love this author too. She's a, um, the daughter of a military officer lives in London. She's British and she's married a military officer. Um, her father used to work for the queen. Um, he used to, he used to work in government and in the military and had the chance to meet her on many occasions over the course of a 30, 40 year career. So they weren't best friends, but he was at court um, and saw her a lot. So he has been kind of an inspiration for his daughter writing this book. Um, her name is Sophia Bennett and I hope you get the chance to meet her because she is poised, articulate, delightful, just so charming and interesting. Um, and I thought that she was going to be a little, you know, th that she was going to be a real royalist and a real kind of conservative lady, but she's not. Um, she's a teacher. She be really believes in uh, girls' empowerment and in, and in education for young women. So, um Knowing that after I read the book, it was a, just a perfect fit. I understood um, where she was coming from. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I could go on and on about this book. I'm so excited. No, it's great. It, I mean, I, I have to say, seriously, when you are presenting a book, there have been times when I just, I, I'm just mesmerized and I am, I am so tuned in to you because when you are so passionate about a book, boy, does it come through. And it came through on this one. I couldn't wait to talk to you more about it and to read it. 
Um, and I, um, I, I'm, I'm so excited for this. And, sh- and there's a wonderful, um, piece on Edelweiss on the Edelweiss catalog that the author SJ Bennett has written a behind the book piece about her dad right. um, and his long career in the army and, and how, while she never met the queen that he did. And it, it sort of explains how she came up with this idea which it sounds far-fetched until you really think about it. And she is so feminist and it's really cool. Um, and, uh, and, and also she's, uh, she's written books for like what, 10 books for, for teenagers. And she's, I mean, she's, she's really so accomplished um, and, uh, and holds a PhD in Italian literature. I mean, she's so, so smart and uh, so, so, yeah, the perfect person to be bringing this book to HarperCollins. And so, thank you. Thank you. Um, and I believe we have one more, Mr. Highfield, Mr. Swanson, Peter, Peter Swanson. Swanson. He is just, Peter is one of those dears. I love working with him. He's a dear friend. Um, we've been together since the beginning for him and he is just so clever and smart. And there's so few writers book after book who really surprise me, but Peter is one of those. He's just, incredibly bright and he doesn't repeat himself and there at the end you know as it's as all the pieces are coming together i see what he's what he's done and i'm he always surprises me that way um uh, the kind worth killing years ago um her every fear there have been some just amazing books this is book number seven i believe um and it's called every vow you break every vow v-o-w um And the setup of the story is this. There is um, a woman who's about to get married. She's known this guy only a few months. Um, She likes him. She trusts him. He's not as charismatic or as um, emotional and dramatic as um, her previous boyfriend, but she loves him and feels secure with him. And he has just been very gentle and loving for her. And she's thrilled to be marrying him. Um, but she knows that he's different than some of the other men she's she's been in love with. Um, and she's she's just thinking about that. She's not worried about it, but she's, it's in her mind. So um, she goes off on a bachelorette weekend in California, I think to the wine country somewhere. Um, and her groom-to-be or husband-to-be is not on that trip. It's just some girlfriends. And she meets this guy, um, and she, she ends up having a one-night stand with him. He's really charismatic sexy guy and he's he's intent on wooing her and one thing leads to another and the next day she's horrified and can't believe she's done it and she's very worried as anyone would be and just um just can't quite believe you know what what's happened to her and what she's done um but she makes her way. She gets over it. She goes back to New York. She and her husband are going off um, on their big wedding trip. Um, and who shows up at the wedding, but the guy from this one night stand and she's petrified. Um, and then they go off on their honeymoon and he shows up there and she is very scared. Um, the play, the setting of this novel uh, where the honeymoon takes place is this exotic, but kind of desolate island off the coast of Maine. And there's an old camp that was built in the thirties, sort of sounds like sort of an Adirondack style camp with a big lodge and some cottages, but nothing else is there on this island. Um, A pond, I think, and a rocky beach. 
but pretty self-contained. And she begins to feel like there's just weird stuff going on on this island. And sure enough, those people that she's been trusting are not to be trusted. And it's just very creepy. Um, some great twists. Again, it all adds up. But this this woman, this heroine, just becomes one of the more resourceful, clever, creative um people I've ever seen in a book like this who just finds her way out and you are so relieved when she does, but um, it's a great story. I love this guy. I love the way he writes and I love what you just said that he never repeats himself. And it's totally true because I've, I've read almost every one of his books and they're, they're all so different, but they're also, they're so tight, you know, yeah, and they're so yeah. God, what's going to happen next? You know, and it's, it's all believable. It's, it, nothing's thrown away, nothing. Um, and so he's, he's just, uh, he, he gets better and better. He does. And eight perfect murders, you know, last earlier this spring, his, just his previous book also surprised me and it felt like a different sort of book in a lot of ways. Um, but again, this one is even, I mean, you can, there's a certain voice that, that Peter has. It's a little chilly. It's mm-hmm. not bleak or depressing like Highsmith or something, and mm-hmm. perhaps not that witty, but um, but there's something very chilling about it. So if you want to be, you know, chilled that way, I don't know how else to say it. Um, yeah. Peter, Peter is just quite clever. Which is funny too, because he's and he's such a nice man. <laughs> he is. He's a sweetie. He's a he's sweetheart. He, yeah, he. Um, he came to the, I think it was the Public Library Association Conference. He's been very supportive of libraries and librarians of him. In fact, um, two of his books uh, made it onto the library reads list, Her Every Fear, right. um, made the list in 2017, and All the Beautiful Lies in 2018. And now um, once an author has made the list twice, if they are, if their next book is voted on by librarians again, um, if they go into the Hall of Fame, and indeed, Eight Perfect Murders put him into the Library Reads Hall of Fame. That's so cool. So, I know it's very cool. They, uh, you know, they listen. Librarians know their stuff. They I know, know good writers, and uh, they they love Peter Swanson. So, um, yeah, he's just he's terrific. And if I can go just a little bit further in the calendar, this mm-hmm. one is um, on sale in May next year, and it's called The Anatomy of Desire. Um, it's written by uh, two writers writing under a pseudonym, and the pseudonym is L. R. Dorn, D-O-R-N. And this one is just another incredibly smart idea, and it's an updating take on Theodore Dreiser's classic An American Tragedy, this time set among California's beautiful people. So it happens today. There's sort of a gender flip. The love triangle is now two women and one man. And the center of the story is not Clyde, the young man, um, but a woman named Cleo. Um, She's in love, um, having an an affair with a young woman, but she's also being mesmerized by this really handsome guy who's rich and famous and a big influencer online, Instagram and stuff. So she begins to try to detach herself from this young woman she has a a romance with and and then kind of um, in that social climbing way kind of become attached to this this young man um that's the arc of the story and it really is a great comment on 
American society and striving and ambition. Is ambition a really bad thing? If someone's ambitious, especially a woman, um, do we think less of that person because of their ambition? Um, there is a big, tra- it follows the, the, the kind of beats and the kind of arc of the, the plot, the Dreiser story um, in this contemporary novel. There's a big trial. Um, the other really interesting thing about the way the book is written is that it's written as a script. It's a podcast script like Daisy Jones and the Six. And it sounds like a gimmick and it sounds just like it's going to be a mess. And, oh, my God, how am I going to keep track of who's saying what and what character is there and where we're set? But you fall into it. It's so immersive and so beautifully, seamlessly done and so gripping. As a, as a crime drama, it's gripping. As a relationship story, it's gripping. Um, and we want to know, the mystery of character also drives us. We want to know what this young woman, Cleo, is about. What is driving her and why? Um, I found it just mesmerizing. And I was, again, I was so impressed that, that they pulled it off. I was like, they can't possibly do this. It's so ambitious. Um, and even though The Dreiser is not my favorite novel, I remember the cumulative effect of that story when it was over, just how devastated I was and how moved I was. And it made me think about our culture in this world in a different way um, and about our country and the way America is different than Germany and Japan and China and Indonesia. Um, there's something about class in this country we don't talk about so much. Um but yet we all believe that you can better your life and yourself um, and build a career. And that's what it feels like this contemporary novel is about. And that's what I think Dreiser was writing about and cared about so much. Um, Again, it's called the anatomy of desire Um, and two writers writing together in a podcast script format that is just brilliantly done. I'm so excited about it. Good God, man. That's so much packed into one book. And I love the idea of the podcast format. I think that is, that is really cool. And um, I think it's interesting that you think this is a gimmick and it's not going to work. And then when it surprises you that it does, if it's, if it's, if it works for you, it's going to work for the reader. I hope so. Yeah. Because you're looking at it with a critical eye and you're expecting it to, to, you know, sort of maybe the, the floor fall out of this thing and it doesn't. Yeah. I, I preempted it. Um, I saw it exclusively. So I, there were not, it wasn't a competitive situation with other publishers, but I felt like I was going out on a limb because I bought it just on 50 pages. And I said, what if they can't do this? But I said, I got to try. You, I mean, this, it's a business of risks, right? You, you got to, if you believe in something, you've got to say, well, let's see if they can do it. And sure enough, um, they did it. Yeah, I remember when you when you talked about this, um, and um, which wasn't that long ago. Uh, and that's the positioning for this is a is, was a big announced print. We have one hundred and fifty thousand announced print, um, right. and that is um, that's scheduled to go on sale in May. Um, that'll be making that'll be making a, a lot of noise, a lot of buzz already in house for this. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, very 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 exciting. Thank you. I think I love to have, I love the sneak peek, David, into that, into, uh, into a a book that's coming out. Good God, three quarters of a year from now. But, um, that time does fly as we will. I know. Yeah. 
and uh, in uh, between now and then, we'll be working hard to make sure that uh, that is amplified in every way. And um, yeah, congratulations on Anatomy of Desire. Very cool. L.R. Dorn. Thank you. Thank you. L.R. Dorn. Yes. L.R. Dorn. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we have uh, everybody's TBR list should be growing quite high after listening to Mr. Highfill. I know mine is for some of this. Um, and we'll uh, we'll be back with another uh, episode soon. Until then, David, take good care. Thanks so much for your time and for these treasures. Um, you're, you're wonderful. And so are your books. Well, I love doing this. So um, again, it's a treat for me to talk to you anytime, Virginia. Well, thank you very much. And you uh, be well. Take good care, and hopefully I'll see you one of these years. I would love that. I miss you. I miss you too, my friend. I miss you. <laughs> okay, take care. All right, honey, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.